Our story begins with war. A clashing of gods so destructive that nearly two-thirds of the population would not survive. They call this time the Calamity. In an effort to escape the decimation of the surface world, five families took refuge in an isolated area of the Underdark, drawn in by the innate well of magical power. Only to find that they were not the only ones drawn to the magic, and the denizens of the Dark would not let it go so easily. War waged both above and below. Until a device was crafted, an accumulation of five crafts bound as one to push back the evils of the darkness from whence they came. Now, centuries have passed, and a city has been forged in total isolation from the world above, and as such, the nameless city has known peace. However, nothing good ever truly lasts, and the darkness has always promised to come back. Now, faced with a resurgence of evils long since put at bay, three champions must rise, tasked with gathering an army strong enough to push back the darkness once and for all. These unsuspecting heroes must brave the world of the surface and the unknown dangers that lie in wait in order to save their city, their people, and any hope for the future that remains. Jazara Telena, a half-drow gloomstalker ranger, tasked with the protection of her companions and burdened with a dangerous curiosity for the unknown world above. She hunts the darkness with arrows more precise than the morals that dictate her aim. Ashakel, a dampier twilight cleric who walks the fine line between knowledge both sacred and forbidden. Under the caring eye of the Moonweaver and the otherworldly gaze of haunting red glow of the moon Brutus, she toes the line of darkness and light to bring forth the magic of twilight. Valkaria Nykor, a tiefling shadow sorceress, coalesced from arcane shadows and carved from the frozen flames of the deepest pits of the Nine Hells. Youth and duty clash within as the world before her unfolds. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Misty. It's Ani. And Aaron. And we are back with another session of D&D. So, let me give you guys a little recap before we go jumping into things, because a lot's happened in the last couple of episodes. Uh, in our last session, our party was traipsing through a cave after the uh, excavate of fish, and <laughs> which prompted our party to two separate members of the party to fall into separate pits. Spent a little bit of time stuck in a pit. Uh, it was a good thing it was a separate pit because it would have become a deathmatch pit very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly from a pit to a deathmatch pit to maybe somebody's grave in all honesty. Um, and Mel uh, said she's sorry. <laughs> Asha was not in the mood to hear sorry. Fair. She's still sorry. <laughs> So no? after, <laughs> after being rescued from multiple pits, uh, our party stumbled across literally the world's giant biggest toad ever um, and uh, was able to convince it to give it a ride across the little mini lake where they encountered, finally, 
uh, Hulil and her weird, creepy minion with a lot of tattoos. And in the process of interrogating these two people uh, and really just kind of getting the vibe that um, they're crazy, like a different kind of crazy, uh, they dis- the party discovered that both people were in fact sick with the frozen sick illness and were slowly freezing to death. Um, in this little chamber that the party found themselves in on one wall was a giant mural with a five-headed dragon. <laughs> And there was also an interesting stone chest, which was carved in the shape of a dragon. After doing some serious investigating with it and spending a bit of time trying to pick the lock on it, uh, Valkaria managed to get it open without infecting herself or any of the other rest of the party with the frozen sick illness, which it had been booby-trapped with. We are all as surprised as you are. (laughs) (laughs) When she sets her mind to something, Val's pretty good. That's true. But sometimes the dice are against her. Yes, true. That's sometimes true, too. <laughs> fate is, not, is against her. Uh, exploring the contents of the chest, the party was intrigued to find out that there was more in here than just the gold that was said to be in it. And they found what was truly the most cursed artifact Valkaria had ever seen in the form of a green dragon mask. The mask is ornate, beautiful, and truly pure evil. The party decided to keep it and the other contents of the chest, which included all of the missing artifacts from Pelk's curiosities, and tell uh, go back to the town after convincing these wayward psycho mob people uh, <laughs> psycho mob. to take the gold and split while they still had the chance, which they did. Giving them a head start by a day, the party camped out in the cave for the evening before making their way back to... Uh, the their own town and reporting back to Elro. Once there, they were unfortunately met with the reality that the frozen sick illness had spread and had gotten Irvin, Fenton, and their two small daughters, Honor and Magic, both all of which were very ill. And if a cure was not found in time, all would unfortunately meet the same fate as the other victims of the frozen sick illness and would slowly freeze to death. The party immediately tasked with boarding a boat and going to the town of Serenia just across the water and towards Isilcross in hopes of finding a the head healer of the town that's there in hopes to bring her back or at least send her back to the Pale uh, Bank Village in order to buy our poor little family here some more time and give our party the opportunity to find... Uh, a cure to this illness. Unfortunately, the trials and tribulations of a boat are unknown as none of our party have truly set sail on a sea before. So with their very first adventures on a boat in tail, and with a very firm task set in front of them of bringing, of sending the healer back to Pale Bank and for finding uh, a cure for the frozen sick illness, the party is in a race against time in hopes that they can make it back with a cure before a whole little family doesn't make it and nobody's there to play dragons with Valkaria anymore. So, our party finds themselves on a boat. A huge boat, to be fair. Not well, the biggest boat any of you have ever seen. The boat is about 40 feet long. It's manned by a small crew of six. 
and is uh, quite interesting to all of you, to be fair, because the open sea is rather new, because the only oceans you've ever seen are in a cave. Really <laughs> hoping Val is not <coughs> seasick. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, great. So like you... You all are on this boat. You've just set sail. You've been sailing for maybe an hour or so. You are ushered onto the ship very quickly by Elro, who really wanted you guys to get going as soon as possible because time is definitely of the essence here. Uh, he shoves you all on the ship and doesn't bother introducing you to anybody, just gives you some supplies, shoves you on the ship, and the ship sets sail fairly quickly. Um, you are all kind of like hanging out on this deck. It's the boat is uh, long. It's got like two upper, like it has like two floors technically. Like it has the main deck, and then there's like some stairs that lead up to the next one. You know, all a regular okay. pirate ship style. Uh, the wheel is up on that second level. Uh, it's got two. It's got one main mast, but it also has like some sails towards the front too that hang off of like the whatever the hell the name of the pointy thing that goes off the front of the ship is called. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do boat research for this, and I'm not going to. So like, y'all just gonna have to deal with pointy thing on front of ship. That's um, that's fine. It is. Um, you all know that it is a two day trip to Selrenia. Uh, even going at top speeds, it'll still take you two days to get there. Um, you weren't given much information on the town, um, but nobody's really stopped to explain anything to you as you watch these six people kind of like dart around the ship, uh, just d doing all kinds of duties, yelling at things at each other and talking to themselves. Um, it's pretty early in, in a... It's probably about like 11 a.m. at this point. Um, you guys are... Uh, it got to the village fairly early because it only took you guys a half day to get back. So, and you guys left really early that morning. Um, and we're literally just went from that onto a boat and uh, with no really in between moments there. So it's about 11 a.m. You're standing in the middle of a boat. People are running around uh, you barking like orders and stuff like that. And in the direct center of this boat is a very short dwarven man. He's uh, fairly old looking. He's got a very long, but very well-kept white beard. Uh, and he has both hands on his hips. He's standing there very, like, straight, proud, and all, like, three and a half feet of his height. And uh, he's just standing there barking orders. Sometimes they're in Dwarven. Sometimes they're in Common. Sometimes they're in Elvish. And he's just barking them at anybody who walks by and seems <laughs> like they might have even a moment of rest. Um, but like he's, my grandpa. But he's standing directly in front of the uh, of the main mast. Um, at the uh, wheel of the ship, there is a tall elven woman. Um, and she's wearing uh, fairly nice clothes, but very um, very typically like pirate fashion. She's got like the tricorn hat and all that stuff. And it's got like this very long feather that comes out of it. And uh, uh, that kind of like curls downward. It's from a bird you've never seen. And it's like a multitude of colors. Uh, and un like weirdly long. Like this is like a <laughs> two and a half foot feather. And then like that kind of curls down. It's like very, like if she, you walk too close to her and she turns around, she will hit you with it. Like just in the <laughs> face. So I'm sure that's intentional. Yeah, most likely. You do get that by the uh, fairly stern look on her face. But, um, yeah, you guys are on a ship. You don't know anybody. You don't really know what's going on. But you're on a boat. What would you like to do? How about we start by everybody making me a constitution saving throw? Not to get seasick. 
That, that's fair, because I'm trying that's to think a, of what good Val place would to do. Start. Constitution check. Constitution saving throw. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz got a ten. What did uh what did Val get? What did you get? Val got a nine. Nine? Okay. Um, so you're on this boat and you're sailing along and you know you've you've been at sea for a little bit and it just keeps going up down, up, down. And uh, Jazara does kind of like have a hand on the railing. She got a 10. She's kind of got a hand on the railing and she's like, this is a little a little new. Asha, <laughs> you're doing a little better, you know? Like you're trying to figure out like the rhythm of not falling on your ass as this ship just I'm doing my it. breathing exercises, uh -huh. you know, into the nose, out to the mouth. <laughs> well, you, you're, not, you're not doing as good. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel very well. Like you're, you're just kind of like, mm, this is kind of like, Maybe by the railing, kind of like maybe have an arm wrapped around like the, the rail because this ship is just going up and down pretty no, hard. I have a question. Uh huh. Are there any fish visible in the water? Uh, make me a perception check. Thank God, where's my perception? <laughs> I have none. Alright. You have no perception. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Four. Well, you look over the side of the boat. <laughs> That's a lot of moving water, girl. Like, that don't feel good. And you can't really focus on that water quite long enough to really just, like, focus and see if you see anything. You just, as you look down and you watch all that water, like, churning and moving, you realize that's a bad idea right now. And you just probably just turn and, like, look away from the water because that makes you real sick. So, um... You Val, Val is going to just curl up around that that, that main mast pole uh -huh. or the railing or, and just tail around her, just not move. Okay, so you like stumble over to the to the main mast and right in front of it is where this uh, dwarf, who you kind of assume is the captain, just based on the way he's standing and the way he's dressed and the way he definitely acts. Uh, and and you, so you're like he's standing in front of it, and you kinda like cling to the side and wrap your arms around it and like you're managing to keep it all down but really just barely. And uh, you tomorrow will have to make another check to see if you do better and get your sea legs. Once you get your sea legs, you're fine. But like until, until that then. point, yeah, um, you're going to have some disadvantages going forward because of that. And uh, but we'll, we'll get to it as it comes into play. So mm -hmm. but at the moment, just um, your speed is going to be halved as you walk across the boat. So because you, you're going to have some problems <clears throat> with the not falling on your ass. I won't make you roll to stay up, but you're gonna it's going to take you a little extra time to get That's anywhere. That's fine, as long so. as I get there. So uh, you're, you're just like maybe claws a little bit dug into the mast, trying to keep yourself still as possible. Uh, Jazara's kind of leaning against the railing, not looking at the water. And Ashley, you know, you're standing there trying to keep yourself focused. And about that time, as you, like, as Valkaria clings to the mast, the dwarf turns around and uh, he looks at you and he's like, I, not doing so well with the sea, are you, lassie? What makes you say that? Uh, and he kind of, like, uh, like, uh, kind of, like, shuffles down to your level, which is really just not that much further down because he's <laughs> real short. And uh, he kind of looks at you, looks at your death grip on the mast, and he said, well, I hate to tell you this, 
But people who are all right with the ocean don't usually do that. And he indicates where your claws have now made holes in this mast. <laughs> and I, I would appreciate if you didn't break the mast, because we do need it to get where we're going. But... And he pulls out a flask from his hip and he hands it to you and he says, but this will help take that edge off. <laughs> Val is going to just, as quickly as she can, uh-huh. grab that bottle and chug it. Okay. Um, I want you to make me a another constitution saving throw. 17. All right. That's much better. <laughs> So you, you take a swig of this and fuck, it's awful tasting. It just tastes like swill. It tastes like somebody went to the bottom of the ocean and took a handful of like all the silt and stuff on the bottom, threw it in a cup, and then threw just the sharpest, worst tasting liquor you could find on top of it, shook the whole thing and put it in a bottle. Um, Ugh. It's awful. Like, it's real awful. You keep that down, too, but you, you, you take a drink of it, and you do feel your stomach kind of settle a bit. Like, it doesn't change the fact that you'll have, like, disadvantages. <laughs> and, like, I don't have mud yeah. in my stomach, yeah. You know, it's just like, but you do no longer feel the impending horrid nausea that's uh, that does come with that. So, uh, so it does settle your stomach a bit, and, like, you know, you still might cling to the mask a little bit, but... Uh, but my nails are no longer embedded into the pole. There you go. So the nausea fades a little bit. And he's like, ah, there you go, Lassie. He does take the flask back from you. And uh, uh, and he says, my name is Garn Seaslate. And this here is my boat. And I can spell I'm sorry, it. your name is what? Garn. G-A-R-N. Like Garn. With a G. Okay. And uh, he points past you over to the wheel to the elven woman who's at the wheel. He says, not there. That's my first mate. And her name is Tiln Snowdrift. T-I-L-N. First mate? Is that elf? Yeah. An elven woman. And she sees you all looking at her and she kind of gives you like a two-finger salute as she still like holds on to the the wheel. And and Captain Garn kind of like looks around and he says, and these guys, and he points to the people running around the deck, are a bunch of fucking idiots, and you'll learn their names whenever you feel like it. <laughs> and uh, for me. one of them, a, like a younger-looking one, is uh, you know, he finishes tying a rope and then just kind of like stands up and like he takes a breather for a moment. And the second he stops doing something, Captain Garn looks at him like, "Hey, you, get back to work! Get, 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 get!" <laughs> and uh, he picks up a broom that's like just kind of like laying around, and he throws it at the kid. He's like, "Start sweeping something." Go get shit. <laughs> Start sweeping something. So, why the why the ship is spotless? And it is a very clean and well put together boat. Like you can tell, like it's aged. It is not a new boat by any stretch of the imagination. But what is there is organized, clean, put together. There's not a stray anything anywhere. And uh, anything that like might not be like 100% put together is actively being put back and it's wherever it needs to go. So like the, the additional supplies that had been given, uh, which you, from you, what you assume is the town uh, that was given to these guys for the trip is currently being put away and organized. And uh, they seem very efficient. It's, it's a smallish boat, you know, but they, these people know exactly what they're doing. So, um, and, uh, but the captain looks at you and he says, well, it's two days to Serenia. 
And once you guys are there, you'll have to go into the town, because I don't think... And he gestures to his crew, it's like, we can't convince nobody of nothing, and I know you guys are supposed to be going to convince their healer to come back. And, uh, which they'll, like, likely have to do on their own boat to leave right away, because it'll take us a, a minute or two to resupply, because we only took the bare necessities to get over here. Uh, but, uh, that'll, that'll be on y'all, and, uh, but Elro said you could handle it. I mean, you handled everything else so far, and he kind of, like, nudges your shoulder a little bit. It's like, I've heard some interesting things about you. All of you. And he looks at, like, Jazara and Asha, and, uh, and he kind of leans closer to Valinus, and he says, ah, I think your companions are handling the sea a little better than you are, darling. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. And, uh, he, when he pats your shoulder... The force of this, if you were not sitting down, it would knock you on your ass. But he pats you on the shoulder real hard, and he says, ah, it's all right. It takes practice. And then uh, and he says, but not for me. And he stands up really strong and, like, straight, and puts his hands on his head, and he's like, not for old Captain Garn. Ain't nothing about this sea bothering me. And then he turns off to the, uh, the side of the boat, and, like, he spits off the side of the boat. And, uh, he says, well, don't just stand there. And he looks at the three of y'all. Make yourselves useful. And he takes a crate. He shoves it at Valkaria. He takes another crate. He shoves it at Asha. And he's like, go put some stuff away. And he points at Jazar and he's like, go fill out the logs. I want to make sure there's an inventory of every single piece of brick and mortar and nail and wood on this ship right now. And, uh, like, all three of you just kind of stand there. Just looking at it like, fuck. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> But since we all have crazy mothers, um, or family members, I should say, uh, we just start moving. I mean, not yeah. happily, but we start moving because standing there, we know, is uh, not good. Well, y'all are bipedal, <laughs> and Valkyrie is, you know, on all fours, just pushing this crate. I imagine her, her tail. using it much like a walker. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a tall, it's a tall crate. Like you, you know, like you bend over a bit. Like you, you put it down. You use it to stand up. Kind of like get your feet a little bit. Hang on, pick it up. And just push. Like move it a little ways. You're just like, okay, okay, I could do this. And uh, you start like helping the crew, like lower things down into the hold and stuff like that. What's um, my, cr- what's in my crate? That like, is it food? Is it, is it spl- other, you know? So you, so you I know open which it. Direction to go. Yeah. So you open it. Um, Asha, in yours, it has some extra rope, which look and uh, what looks like like a miscellaneous amount of like um, little nuts and bolts and tools and things that you okay. think would be used to replace some of the smaller uh, like pulleys and stuff like that around the ship. Um, and you can and like uh, somebody at some point like shoves a clipboard into Jazara's hands and, and she's just like and like a quill and it's like okay. And, uh, like, you guys okay. can start going through the, the crates and stuff like that. Um, the multi- like, from where the mast is to where the hold, like, is open in the ship, it's probably about 15 feet. Um, it takes Asha about two seconds to get to it. it takes Shazar about two seconds to get to it. About two solid minutes it's what <laughs> it takes Val to get over there. <laughs> of her slowly, like, pushing five feet, stopping. <laughs> You know, taking your breath, pushing it, stopping, taking like it I takes. I imagine there's a, a gag in there too. 
Uh-huh, a couple of like <laughs> maybe just turning sitting on uh, like on the crate for a minute like <sighs> and then doing it over again. So like you guys uh Jazara and Asher are done with their crate by the time Valkaria gets over there and like you guys if you want to can help uh, Val like inventory her crate which is full I will of fruits. Help her. <laughs> like oh you're so kind. Like, Mostly cuz I don't think vomit on whatever's in there is going to go over well with uh, Captain Garn. Yeah. It is there is some food and stuff like that in and there's like some like yeah. weird shape what you assume is fruit of some size sort like what looks to be just like food that will last and does not look mm-hmm. tasty. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, like, some really dried breads as well and stuff like that. But those are, like, right on top. Like, they might have been thrown in there last minute. And are probably, you can guess, will be eaten first. So. But uh, those are on top. And you guys can start inventorying and, like, helping uh, push everything down. And uh, Jazara is going to turn to the first mate, who is still steering the boat. And uh, she's going to ask, like, um, could you tell us a bit about Sylrenia? We quite literally don't know anything about it. And uh, the first mate, she kind of like... Question. How far away is Val from Jazara at this point? You're standing next to each other. Oh, okay. That's fine. Alright, so Val is going to interject and, you know, at least not loudly, but, like, you know, mumble, just like, you know nothing about what we're doing. (laughs) Ever. Ever. (laughs) Jazara is going to answer you in a comment and she's like, when do we ever know? we're doing with anything like seriously <laughs> just she's like especially since we've been on the surface like i don't know what the fuck we are <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of like waves this map words, around yes. like she kind of waves this map at you both who and she has not had a chance to really look at it she's like wait like this is the first time i've ever seen the continent she's <laughs> 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 like Everybody's but, a little tired, a little scared, and a little cranky. Not, and a little cranky, and a little cranky. That's fair. But um, the uh, <laughs> this this elven woman, she's very tall, thin. She's got a uh, her hair is in a very intricate looking, very long braid. It's uh, very like really pale blonde hair, and she's got her like her hat and everything like that on. And she's her expression and the, the on the couple hours you've been on this boat has not changed it is of stern disapproval of literally absolutely everything from you to the boat to the ocean to the crew not changed disapproval and that is the only expression she has borne since you've you've been on here um, cool she kind of leans hard one, resting bitch face yeah hard <laughs> resting solid, bitch face solid hard mm. so she kind of leans one arm like on the uh uh on the, the wheel of the boat just says I was told you were all tasked with going to see Morgo of Serenia and Jazara says well that's a little more than we were told could you tell me who the hell Morgo is <laughs> and- Val is Val's tail is just twitching because she, she can she can feel <laughs> she can feel Jazara's just will to hold back slipping yeah <laughs> and uh on this boat on this second level where this uh first mate is where the wheel is there's two sets of stairs that go up to it <coughs> and uh mm. in fact so this square right here that's the hold you guys are currently putting stuff in like right okay. there and then <clears throat> the circle directly above it that's the mast and then mm. right here 
is where the wheel is. And then you yeah. have stair, stair. And then there's a doorway between those stairs, which you assume goes yep. down. There's another, like, this pit into the hold. There's another one towards the front of the boat as well. Uh, but uh, Jazar is going to start walking up the steps. And she stops about halfway. And uh, the this first mate looks at her. Like, her expression very faintly changes to very, what you might think is amusement, you're not really sure. It's just a <laughs> micro-expression. Um, and she kind of, like, stares at Jazara and she says, Morgo is the main healer for Serenia. She was the one who came to Pale Bank when the frozen sick illness first started going through the town. She was able to help prevent it. Not prevent it. She was able to help delay the effects of it for a couple of weeks, but that was about it. Uh, in the end, she didn't have any more abilities to heal it than anybody else had. She's a uh, unique folk. Uh, but most dwarves out there are, as everybody in Sorinia is an explorer by trade. And pretty much that's all they are. They're tasked with taking explorers who want to explore the ruins of Aeor or anything else that's out there, showing them around, bringing them back, and trying to make sure they don't die or get lost in the, um, how do I put this? The menagerie of fucked up weird shit that happens on those islands. Jazara kind of raises an eyebrow. Menagerie of weird fucked up shit that happens on those islands. Like, and she like is gonna take another step up another another stair. She says that, well, and uh, uh, the first mate kind of like looks back out at the ocean at this point, kind of like turns the wheel a little. She says, "Well, depends on your definition of fucked up. Do you consider a weird dragon cult that feeds its people meat of the dragon in order to enslave their minds fucked up?" You had yeah. me at dragon, and then you lost me at cult. Yeah. And Jazara kind of, like, glances back at you guys, and, like, and she's just like, what? It's like, yeah, they, uh, they, the dragon of this creature that lives under the ice is frozen there from the last war that took place. The people of the, uh, town, and she does, like, little air quotes, uh, harvest regrowing meat out of the dragon as it's frozen there and anytime you eat it it turns you into one of the dragon's mindless zombies and that's just one of the islands there's another one a little further north of that one and that one's infested with uh, dragons just a shit fuck ton of dragons uh, that will eat you uh, they'll just eat you and then she points to a scar that's kind of like down the side of her face and she says uh Eating you is just if you're lucky. And uh, she's like, oh, and of course there's that area, too, where uh, it, the environment changes every few hours. Uh, and if you're in it, when it changes, you might be teleported to another plane of existence. Or you might just die. Or you might get warped by the magic that's in it and turn into some weird, freaky creature that's a hybrid of something else, too. Uh, let's see. There's the Oh, there's the lava. You gotta like the lava. That's fun. Um, there's the uh, really creepy island that nobody goes to because they're pretty sure it's infested by the literal embodiment of evil. Um, then, of course, there's all the weird magic shit 
that's left over from the ruins of Aeor, from when that city crashed into the ground and infested all of the islands with its weird, creepy, magical beasts. How's that for fucked up? Just like she looks at Jasara. And Jazara finishes climbing the stairs. She's like, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. That's that, that's that's I don't like it. When I the lava is the least terrifying option. I wanna go home. Well, and uh Val, when you say you don't like it, like the first mate points at you and she says, Nobody does, kid. Nobody fucking does. <laughs> Why do people live there? It's the challenge. So it's a oh, challenge. Challenge! For... Fuck the challenge! <laughs> she laughs at you. It's like it's the challenge for survival, kid. You won't know it if you're not from here. But we all feel that way. And she turns the wheel really hard, and all of you kind of like shuffle, like get shoved <laughs> to one side. Yeah, you, you Val, you take a minute. You have to take her a full minute. You're like, <laughs> so. Uh, Why? But Jazara's gonna. Step a little closer, ignoring Val just losing it over, like, to the side. Uh, and she says, Could you tell us more about the people and the place we're going? Like, we literally, we literally know nothing about any of it. And, uh, the, the first mate, like, uh, Talyn nods. And she says, I don't know a lot about Morgo. Uh, well, other than the obvious. And, uh, and she, and she kind of looks at all of you and she's like, how do you, how do y'all feel about bears? Bears. Bears. Well, if you don't like them, you better, if you don't like them, you better keep it to yourself because, uh, it's not a good idea to go pissing off old werebears. Werebears? Werebears. Not, not regular bears. They have to, why they have to be werebears? She is a werebear. Morgo, that old mm. druid dwarf, is stubborn as it comes, and she has no qualms with turning into her bear form and ripping your face off if she don't appreciate what you got to say. Now, normally, she's pretty nice. However, don't piss her off. She runs that town with an iron uh, paw, as it were. Iron paw. Okay. But everybody on Understood? that island... Everybody on the island, they're they're explorers by by trade, but more guides. They get hired out by people from all over. They got hired by the the empire mostly, and the local towns that the and the forts that are set up by the empire to get as a guide to be showing them around to some of these ruins and stuff like that. We get hired by uh, explorers, historians, mercenary <coughs> groups, weird people who just want a, an adventure in their lives who usually get scared and run back the first time they see a angry bird really but uh that's what everybody in the town does and you'll find that on that island in that town that uh if you cross one of them if you piss even just one of them off you're gonna have a very angry town to contend with because they abide by pretty much just one rule. Stick together or die. <sighs> Zara's just kind of like, okay then. That's, uh, that's good to know. Is, uh, she kind of like looks at both of you. Just kind of like looks back. Is there, uh, anything we can do to help? 
<laughs> and uh, the first Please mate... don't make me move. No longer looks at any of you. And she just says, just don't get in the way. And we all might survive. I can survive. do that. I can do that. I'll just sit on my crate. Goodbye. So y- you all have... But is now you've got a couple hours to yourselves. What would you like to do? Have we inventoried our crates yet? You inventoried your crates. You helped the rest of the uh, crew like put them uh, okay. away. So you could do pretty much anything you wanted. Is um is there anything I can do for her to make her less <laughs> sad? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh god, uh, less she sad. Is we- she is wearing her hair socks, sad beige people. Mm-hmm. She is, she's one of the saddest people right now. Um, let's see. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna say, because there's no, like, she will still have the effects on her of, like, uh, the half of her speed and, like, all of okay. that. But if you want to make her just feel better. That, uh, I think that would help. Uh, I'll give you a couple options. Now, okay. you can tell me that you, like, put something together, like, food-wise or something like that. Like, you give her bread and water or whatever. If you want to mm-hmm. go that route, you could try that. Um, I will let you, if you would like to explain to me uh, how or in what way it would affect her, the repurposing of the Spare the Dying cantrip works. Because she feels like she's dying, <laughs> even if she's not. So if you would like to try and tell me how you repurpose that, uh, you could do that too. So you could go like the food and water route. You could do just like maybe walking her through some like breathing exercises. <laughs> um, and, uh, or if you would just, if you'd like to explain to me the uh, spin you put on the spare the dying cantrip, we could go that route too. Um, I think we're going to do some herbal remedies to start. We're going to get her some, but like some... Supreme, like going into the stores, not not the ship stores, because I'm sure they don't have uh, sad person cures. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna whip her up. We're gonna start with what I can do, and then we're gonna okay. we're gonna attempt. Do we have like a cabin or something or anything like that's really out of the way? Or are we just out on the deck? Um, at the moment, you're standing on the deck, but you can like hail down one of the uh, crew and ask where you're supposed to be staying if you'd like. Sure, let's do that because we'll get her, and then we'll get her squared away, and we'll like do some. I think if you ask me to do breathing exercises right now, I might just whip you with my tail. Um, if you would like to flag down somebody, I'm going to have you roll a d4, <laughs> and, and we'll see who you get. By yourself, I really don't give a fuck. I was trying to help you, but you know what? Uh, what am I rolling? I'm sorry. <laughs> a d4. Was, a d4. Um, I, I, assu- was... I fully assume Asha was telling Valkaria all of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because I, w- I, w- I was stunned by the ingratitude. Oh, I'm grateful. Just, I can't focus on breathing. Three. Three. Yeah, so you flag down somebody. Uh, in the middle of like having this discussion with Valkaria of absolute lack of gratitude, um, and as you flag somebody down, it's a, uh, a young... Uh, half-elven man, and uh, he's got very short brown hair. He looks so young. You would say he looks like he's about 16, you know, like maybe, and uh, he's carrying this, like, huge crate as he's walking around, and uh, uh, he's the one that got the broom thrown at him mm-hmm. earlier, and uh, and you and you wave him over, and he's like, oh, 
Uh, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I, I know you're totally busy, but is there, like, some kind of room we could go into, like, to rest or for, is like, that we're gonna stay in? Because I don't want to, like, you know, uh, take over anybody's space. Is there so, any oh. passengers? And he gives you just this huge grin, and he looks at all three of you, and he just looks excited, like, to see you guys, <laughs> and it's just, like, it's just something new and something interesting. And, oh, yeah, he's a puppy person, and uh, he's like, "Oh, uh, sure, sure." Uh, and, and but he like he starts to like reach over to shake your hand, realizes he's holding a crate, puts the crate down. Then he reaches over and he <laughs> tries to shake your hand, Ash. He puts his hand out for you to shake, uh, mm. and he's like, "I'm Calhen," uh, which is spelled K-A-L dash H-E-N. Okay, nice to meet you, Calhen. I'm Asha. Nice. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Asha. And uh, Jazara kind of like waves, and she's Jazara. And the sad one over there is Val. He's just, like, uh. Just paw, you know, waving her hand like it's a paw that's broken. Just hey. <laughs> He's like, uh, I understand that. It took me a little while to get my sea legs, too. It'll happen, don't worry. You'll be going across this deck no problem pretty soon. Just like, you know, it only, he's like, it only took me a month or two to get used to it. It'll be fine. Only a month. <laughs> and well, uh, yeah, we were hoping to get somewhere where we could kind of get some food in her, and let her rest a little. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Let me, uh, let me go ask the captain if you guys are staying with the uh, rest of the crew or uh, somewhere else. And they said, "I'll be right back." Thank you. And he literally <sighs> picks up his crate and he runs off. <laughs> and you don't really see, like, you're not paying attention to where he goes, but like, he runs off and uh, he comes back a couple minutes later. And he says, uh, the, uh, captain said you could have, uh, one of the rooms downstairs. Most of the crew just sleep in the hammocks and in the storage area. But there's a, uh, the only two real rooms are for the captain and, uh, the first mate. But, uh, there is something you guys can use. <laughs> uh, I can, I can show you. And he points to the, the door that's, uh, That'd be great. Thank see, you. uh, you guys kind of, like, gather up. Jazara will offer to help Val like walk if she wants to. Just like kind of like offer like puts an arm like puts her arm over her shoulder and like helps her like walk and uh, uh, you guys go into the cabin and, or, or like into the boat and it like has stairs that lead down into mm-hmm. it and you see like you in the middle you just hear Val's tail just <coughs> dragging slowly on yep. every step and uh, you guys walk into like this space and you see like. There's all of these crates and everything that you guys have been dealing with that has been loaded in here, and they're all along the walls, very well organized, uh, and like by what it is and how it is. And like, there's little labels in front of like each section, and then right in the center, there's about uh, four hammocks all hung together, um, and there is a uh, there's two doors. There's one to the left, and there's one to the right, and then there's a little hallway past the one to the right, and it has uh, two smaller doors back there. And he leads mm-hmm. you down this little hallway. Uh, towards it, and he opens uh, the door. It is the smallest goddamn room ever. Like, Val, you have a closet at home bigger than this door. <laughs> like, this room. <laughs> like, you guys could feasibly lay in it together. Partially on top of each other, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is barely just long enough for, like, somebody to lay down in it. And, like, it it would fit two people laying down. The third one's gonna... You guys are gonna get a little cozy after the... Like, once the third person lays down. 
And uh, there's pretty much nothing in it except for maybe like a crate or so and that's that's about it so um but uh, you guys do have like some supplies of like bedrolls and stuff like that right. like you guys have like cloaks and stuff like that so it's not like a huge problem um oh look but, my crypt above the seas <laughs> and there's one extraordinarily tall window or like small window it's probably like less than a foot big it's very high up uh and uh but it is at the very far wall of this very rectangular thin room. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like she's describing a cell at East State Penn. She, I mean, it's she's <laughs> not wrong though that there the, would not the be a lot of the cells might be bigger. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's this is probably much more of a storeroom like closet kind of. Yeah, it, you you can very much tell by looking at it. It is a mostly unused closet. So, but yeah. Asha is gonna turn on. 100% of her charm <coughs> and say thank you Callan this this you know this will be nice for us girls to have a little bit of privacy um, and he blushes like oh. beet red real fast oh. and like kind of like scratches the back of his head you're not sure if he's blushing because of like you're being super sweet or like <coughs> the girl time idea mm-hmm. of just like just super oh, embarrassed uh, and, and, yeah, and the girl he, time where this one's heaving yeah, yeah. But he's Super like girl time. scratching the back of his head, like looking down. He's like, "It's it's no problem, ma'am. It's it's uh, it's no problem. You just you let me know oh, if God, you need ma'am. anything else." <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. You've been so helpful. And it's yeah yeah, and, and like he turns and like slams up to the wall and, like, and he like backs oh. up. And he's just like, and then he turns and like he runs off up the stairs. You do hear him start to trip as he goes up the stairs. Asha, you better watch that charm. You might just give him a heart attack. <laughs> well, it got you some a room by yourself, right? Hey, Zara is laughing. Once he's gone, <laughs> she is laughing. And she's like, well, I guess we know who's going to have to talk to people from now on. <laughs> Miss, turn it on the charm. It's like, okay. He's Full a child. Wattage. He's a child. Yeah, it's... <laughs> He's a child. Why am I picturing Tom Holland? <laughs> Honestly, fair. That's valid. So, somebody who looks like they're sixteen is not sixteen, but also looks like the most awkward human being on earth is an accurate but also description. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just like you sweet, sweet baby. Pretty much. That's exactly what you got going on with this kid. Um, so you guys have this this room and uh, and everything and. Uh, uh, Jazara will hang out like in the doorway as you guys go in because it is it's a very small room so like she'll hang out in the doorway and all that and uh, um, I was thinking of making something kind of along the lines of like do you, know, do you know what the brat diet is and I know it's yeah. technically for other stomach issues but I feel like you know yeah well you, know, you guys were given and toast and you know yeah. kind of you guys were given some supplies carbs, yeah, yeah. Like, by Elro is, like, before you got on, like, he handed you a couple bags of supplies. Like, a bag each of supplies, and you, you can mm-hmm. open it. There's, like, a, a, some bread that's in it, some, uh, like, cheese that's in it and stuff like that, too. Some very, uh, and some other things that will last a little longer, too. Like, it's yeah. all very, uh, salted and, uh, and not a luxury by any standards, but, um. You know, like well, you I can... think I think bland and uh, carby will do yeah. quite well for okay. this situation. So I'm gonna set to making the ingrate some uh, 
some yeah, some bread and I'm gonna cut her a few pieces of cheese but I'm not gonna give her too many pieces of cheese because I don't know if that's really what she needs but we're just gonna I'm gonna make her a little plate and I'm gonna uh -huh. be like do the best you can it'll I think it'll help nom, 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 nom. I should have seen and that I coming. Just, and, and Asha just looks at Jazz like, did you see that? Mm -hmm. And Zara just kind of looks at you and she's just like, for somebody who doesn't feel very good, it hasn't slowed her appetite any. Well, I guess that's a good thing. Sure. And this wheeze, can you, this wheeze uh -huh. is uh -huh. I assume that effect is the sound that Bakari is making as she nearly chokes as she shoves this bread down her throat. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now, if you throw that up, I'm not going to be happy. <coughs> Thank you. Zara just rolls her eyes. You do feel a bit better. Like, you, you, you eat it, like, the bread does settle your stomach a bit. You kind of, like, lean against the wall, and you kind of, like, just hang out and just let it all, like, settle. I was gonna like, suggest she go sit in the corner so she has yeah. two walls that are gonna yeah, support Val, her. Yeah, Val's gonna dig out her, uh... <clears throat> Not yet. No, she just wants to pull out her blanket and her winter cloak and just kinda snuggle okay. in that corner. Okay, that's cool. Jazara's gonna stay standing in the doorway for, uh, a hot minute, um... And uh, also, Asha, I, I want, like, she while she's huddled in the corner, I want her to just have her staff up and she's just holding on to it. Okay. And then she's got, you got your staff and your blankets and you're all covered. Like, maybe, uh, like, Asha, like, kind of helped you tuck the blankets around you a little better. Yeah. And you're just kind of, like, leaning against the wall with your staff and everything. And, uh, Jazara's gonna... She's purring. <sighs> and I'll, I'll ask going. Jazz if she wants any food, too, because <laughs> she needs to keep her strength up, even though someone else is weaker. Hmm. Uh, Jazara will take a little bit of the, the cheese from you, and uh, but not okay. much, because she's not super hungry at the moment. But she's going to uh, lean against the doorway. She is blocking the doorway, but she's got like her back to like one of the parts of the doorway. And so that she can see, but she's faces so that she can see down the hallway where somebody would come. And then, like, mm -hmm. obviously she can see into the room with you guys. And, like, she pulls out the map uh, that has the new the new map you guys were given of Wild Mountain, stuff like that. And she starts studying it, and uh, she points out to you guys, she says, this is, uh, she's like, I've seen old maps of, of Wild Mountain before. She's like, I've never seen anything quite like this. There's, there's a lot of cities, at least what mm. I assume are cities. Like, she's kind of, like, holding it so, like, the light hits it a little better just so she can make sure she's, what, what she's looking at is correct. And she's like, I never, I never really expected it to have cities like this. She's like, I don't really know why, but I, she's, she's just looking at it. And she's like, it looks a lot different than the maps that we have from before the calamity do. Mm -hmm. There's things missing, like not towns or cities, but like places, land masses. There's like islands that are gone, mountains that don't look right, like they're smaller somehow in some places, but mountains where there also wasn't any before. Like mountains just don't hmm. pop up like that. Craters yeah. do. Yeah. She's like, that's true. But some of this looks strange. And so she kind of like, she kind of like crouches between, the, she'll leave the doorway and she'll crouch between the two of you and, and she'll be like, there was more here she's like this is where we are and she'll point up here to where it says the 
uh, Crystal Lands Tundra. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and she's like, but there used to be stuff. She's like, just mm -hmm. over here by where, she points where it says the Emerald Glock, and she's like, there was, <laughs> there was definitely land there before. And then she points over to the left of where it says Dwindalian Empire. She's, there was things here too, but like these, some of these mountains it, it, are new, and I, she's like, I don't even know what Jorhas is. And, or what some of this stuff is like these lakes weren't there before she's like this is this is a lot different than what we saw in in the maps and things and the books that are are kept at home like i know those those are old like those are all pre-calamity but and she kind of like holds the map up and like she turns it a little bit and she's like i i wonder if the calamity did all of this if it did it it must have been awful She's like, I don't know how there's anything, anyone living here. She's like, well, but it, when there does go to war. I she's guess. Like, she's like, yeah. And the thing is, is like it really. There's what looks like cities, and she. It, it's really kind of flabbergasting to her. She's like, there. It looks like there's cities, like real cities that are here, and some of them are huge looking, and then some of them uh, are smaller. But if She's like, I can't tell exactly what size they are because I don't really have anything to compare it to because it's not like our city's on the map. But mm -hmm. she's like, some of these places look really big and that's kind of weird. Like, if I was to put it to a guess, I would say they looked bigger than where we're from. And that's wow. surprising to you guys because obviously, like, that you have a city of about seven to 8,000 people and, like, that's... Something we much are very bigger. sheltered children. Yeah, yeah. Very sheltered. She's, but uh, she points out and she's like, but, and she points to one of the northern islands towards the area that you guys are going. Alcaria is uh, going to weakly say from underneath her, her roll of blankets, just, adventure awaits. <laughs> but she points to these islands that you guys are going to around uh, Isilcross and stuff like that. And she's like, I did notice something bit particular and important to us she says we're going to the place called serenia and that's a different island than where i saw this she says but i noticed where that outpost was the drow mm -hmm. outpost that they mentioned before and uh, she says serenia i sent you guys a photo she's like serenia is quite a bit of ways but vermos is supposed to be the drow outpost and it's over here to the east past something called the Tomb of the Worm. Which... I just saw those words and I was not amused. <laughs> the which Tomb of the Worm. I really hope is not that dragon cult, but like I feel like that's probably it's where the dragon, dragon cult. But well, hopefully we don't have to go anywhere near that. Hopefully all our answers are just in Serenlia and we can... River in... Is that, is that river a, just a river of flowing lava? Yeah, I think it's the lava that the, the first mate mentioned, that it's just a giant river of mm. fucking lava. And she, like, kind of looks closer. She's like, I wonder which one the dragons are on. <clears throat> That's creepy. But it might not be a bad idea once we figure out, you know, how to help the girls. Because obviously that comes first. But once we figure out how to do that, maybe we go and talk to these people at this outpost. It could be... They might, if anybody's going to help us, it might be them. Sure, worth a shot. I mean, honestly, can't get much worse, right? 
She kind of laughs with, like, dry hair. <laughs> Don't you put that bad juju on us, Jazz. She, she's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and, uh, but you guys, like, spend a little bit of time. Like, Jazara studies the map. Ash, is there anything specific you'd like to do? Um, let's see. What do I have on <coughs> Um, I think I'd like to... Because don't I have... I think I'm going to go through, like, some of my books again just to see... Okay. Like you can if I just catch anything cuz I know that um <clears throat> that myth kind of already did go through it but it's just like <laughs> I think I'll just do it for entertainment. Well, and yeah, and, and you have to like read them too if you really want to know what's in them in detail cuz like he can give yeah. you a summary but like <coughs> uh they're very huge books obviously. Right. So, so yeah, I think I'll just be kind of quietly reading so while read. Val is quietly suffering. And uh, Jazara will study the map. And you guys are there for, like, maybe, like, a couple hours. And it starts to get later in the day and stuff like that. And uh, this uh, this dwarf comes down, and it's a woman. And uh, she's, uh, she looks like she's about middle-aged, you know. Her her beard has a couple different colors in it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, and she kind of, like, leans down the stairs to, like, look down the hallway at y'all. And she, and she says, hey, who's taking what watches? You guys don't just get a free ride here. You got to do your part. Like me. And uh uh Jazara will kinda look at Val and she'll be like, Uh, I don't think this one's up for any kind of watches, but But we can I'll t- you and I can take a shift each. Yeah. And she's like, Well we'll take shifts, we'll participate and she's cool. She looks at uh uh Jazara and she's like, You have second shift? And then she points at uh, Ash and says, You have third shift. Alright, the captain always takes the first watch, so make sure Got you Got it keep yourselves together and uh uh she goes back upstairs you guys spend the rest of the evening kind of doing that and uh Jazara eventually gets called for her shift and she'll she goes up onto the uh onto the ship and uh uh there's somebody like steering the uh, uh it's somebody you guys haven't like it's one of the other people that you guys haven't seen before or talked to yet but uh there's somebody steering the boat and they gesture her up towards the uh, the front of the boat to keep watch and uh, he he kind of looks at her and is like, you, uh, you drow have good dark vision, right? She's just kind of like, she doesn't even turn around to look at him. She's like, yep. And he's like, good. Y'all will be useful. I hear y'all from the underdark. She says, yep. <laughs> and uh, he's like, good. You should be able to see in the dark real good. And he, and he points her up to the front of the ship and she just kind of leaves. Good. To the, she kind of leans at the front of the boat, kind of like, just looks out, and she will make a perception check for the evening, which overall is not bad. And it is, she gets a nineteen, and uh, she doesn't really see anything. Like there's, there isn't really anything going on. It's pretty uh, dark, all things considered, but she doesn't really have any issues seeing. It's very dark, like very very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ridiculous amount of stars in the sky and so like it does kind of like provide some kind of lighting to see by and uh you know her shift goes smoothly if uh it's a little cold because it's very windy and it's a little weird being out in the middle of just all of this darkness because there is nothing in like any direction that you guys can see um but her shift ends and the person that's steering the boat also switches shifts with somebody else and she goes down to switch with you, Asha. 
Mm-hmm. You go up and they, and uh, she tells you where she was. Jazara tells you like where she was hanging out at the front of the boat and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, you can go uh, take your place up there, and somebody else goes to take their place up at the at the wheel. It is uh, the uh, female dwarf that you had seen earlier, so that had oh, told okay. you guys you had to take shifts. So um, roll me a perception check, please. We got a. Eight. Eight. All right. So you're. She's a little tired, y'all. She's. That's fair. (laughs) You're leaning against the front of this boat, you know, and like the wind is is a little bracing, and you kind of like think you hear something. You're not really sure what it is. Just it goes away, like it was something on the wind, and it goes away. You're leaning there. A little while later, like 20 minutes, you think you hear something again. You're not really sure what it is. It almost sounds like a voice. But it, there's nothing you really coalesces into anything. Mm-hmm. It goes away. And then you're just leaning She's against there. mostly just cold. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like looking out. It's really dark. You know, you, you can still see. The moons are in the sky. You know, you might spend some time looking at the at uh, both of the moons. And, yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. She's, you know, she's just in uh, the zone, looking up at the stars and the moon. Yeah. Kind of just focused on that, I think, more than... Yeah. More than the watch, I guess, you know. <laughs> and, like, it's it's nice just to get a chance to, like, look at the stars and, like, look around and all that, and look at the moons. And because it's still, like, a novel thing, just mm-hmm. getting to see... Uh, Katha whenever you want and Ruid is still a little strange to you this red unknown moon um, and uh, you know you just kind of look and you hear that sound again and this time you're almost certain it's a voice but it doesn't sound like it's saying words and as you you start to focus on it it sounds more like music almost like just faint trickling of notes but again it's not a language and you couldn't even positively say they were words, but it's mm-hmm. just almost like this musical sound, and it like it comes the vocalization. Yeah, yeah, it like comes to you on the wind, and then it just disappears. And as you start listening for it, now that you've had like this better moment of hearing it, you hear it again, and it's a little longer this time, and it's it's beautiful sounding, but it's strange too because it's just not something you. Like, you recognize, and you start focusing on it. And as you focus on it, mm-hmm. roll me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving. Okay, we got... Fourteen. Okay. You start listening to this sound, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you realize it's not coming from, like, in front of you as you focus on it. Like, it, it kind of seems like it's coming from the, the side a little to your right and mm-hmm. so you it makes you want to move that way a little it's like trying to get a like a better a, a better hearing of it yeah yeah and it just kind of draws you to it and you kind of lean against the the edge of the ship and it you're focusing on this sound and it's beautiful and now you're hearing it more regularly and it's starting to get louder sounding mm-hmm. and it's 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 beautiful and it's it's just such a, a an interesting melody like nothing you've ever heard and it's drawing you to it and without realizing it you're leaning further and further on the edge of this boat mm-hmm. and you're and you're just you're leaning towards it it's kind of like pulling you into it and 
all of a sudden, this hand just slams hard on the on your between your shoulder blades, and it kind of knocks <coughs> you. Yeah. And somebody grabs the back of your shirt and pulls you back, so you are more firmly on this boat. Mm-hmm. And it's the dwarf who was uh, steering the boat, and she looks mm-hmm. at you and she says, "It's best not to listen to the music on the wind, dear. You never know and- what'll pull you into the sea." <sighs> And Asha is just in complete and total shock. She's just like, how did I let that happen? And uh, and she sees like your the look on your face and she says, there's more things than fish in, in seas, dear. Things that'll uh, tempt you in it if you're not careful. And like she kind of looks down mm-hmm. and you look down and you see like this shape in the water just kind of swim off. Mm-hmm. It was this large black shape that just kind of shifted off in the in the night mm-hmm. and uh she said and she kind of like taps your shoulder and she says uh go wake the next watch dear i think it's time you went to bed and i will do that with uh a very sober, <laughs> a, very sober. <laughs> a very sober approach it's not like asha was almost pulled into the sea or anything no you missed the siren song coming to claim me i had a feeling it was a siren thing I, I don't know what was what was singing, but the, uh, other than the wind. All right. So you go back down, and uh, it's one of the other. Uh, it's the, the the young man, the half elf, that his next watch, and you wake him as as you walk, trying really just hard not to linger there. In all honesty, and not uh, to linger yet. You know, and uh, so you wake him for his his watch, and he goes up. Oh no, and... now I'm waking him from a dead sleep. <laughs> this poor child. This poor child. Well, it's his turn to take watch, so. No, I know, but I mean, we're already, like, at embarrassment, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This he's very, poor baby. He's very stumbly as, like, he, as he goes past you and everything. And, and you go stumbly. into the the room that's set aside for you, and you guys go to bed for the evening, and the rest of your evening is fairly uneventful. And, uh, is, you know, you guys wake up in the morning, there's a bunch of. Yeah. Wait, wait, I want to do something, hopefully, before okay. we wake up. Okay. So She wants to do it in her sleep. Uh-uh. It's before we go to bed. All right, so while Asha is up almost dying. Okay. I'm assuming Jazz is back in the room with Val. Yeah, she's asleep. Okay. Um, Val wakes up. Okay. Well, before she wakes up, I have a question. Does At this point, does Val know that she can cast um, Hallow's Eve, that Shadow Vortex. Uh, you haven't done it yet, but you are aware that there's innate magic in it, yes. Okay, so if I can do this, so Val wakes up while Jazz is still sleeping and she has this like feeling. Uh-huh. So she, she looks in her bag and she brings out the crystal, right? Okay. And she's just staring at it. I'm just staring at it. Okay. Kind of starts poking at it with her staff, like. Okay. And I feel like I want to say like as she's like mindlessly like poking at it, mm-hmm. a shadow vortex appears and then quickly disappears and she goes, "The fuck was that?" <laughs> so, you're kind of like messing with the the crystal. You could tell it has magic in it and like you start to try and pull maybe this magic from it. And the magic of your staff hitting like this magical crystal, this shadow kind of like the shadows in the room kind of mer- start to 
pull from their places in the corners on the ceiling and they start to merge together like in the center of this room near your crystal and they start to kind of like coalesce and just kind of build into this shadowy ball and you see tendrils start to come out from it and just as they start to form like you kind of jerk your staff back and they vanish so you don't you didn't fully perform the spell but you, you but I know actually, something's there. Yeah, and you can perform the spell if you would like to try it and like fully perform the spell. You can go for it. Yeah, she wants it because Val is very intrigued right now. All right, so you cast this shadow spell. So again. I, so I'm assuming the way that Val is going to summon this magic, mm-hmm. it's not going to be useful constantly poking at it with her stick. So she's going to pick it up, okay, and stare at it. Okay. <laughs> and kind of, sort of, I guess, will it to show her what it does? Okay. So you focus on it. And you take a moment and you just, you concentrate your innate knowledge of magic on it. And you, you're able to sense magic in some ways. And you focus all of it inward on yourself and on this crystal in your hands. And you feel this, the same magic you had just felt of the shadow starting to coalesce and it and it starts to form in what almost looks like this giant like withering ball um to give you a more accurate visual the obscurus from the fantastic beasts there you go like it looks like that but these shadowy like tendrils start to like bleed out of it and they almost wisp like smoke as they come out and you can tell that you could take these tendrils and you could wrap somebody up in it as you do that, I sent you the link for the D100, and I want you to roll that for me, please. Or, like, activate it, and it, you'll just put in there um, one dice, 100-sided. And then you'll hit start and then stop to make it roll. <laughs> Six. Six. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's real good. Okay. Six. Great. I'm about to introduce you to what is called the Wild Magic Surge Table. And everything on the islands of Ice will cross in the immediate area. Every time you cast any kind of magic, whether it's a leveled spell or an ability, you have to roll a d100. And an effect will take place either immediately after or in the moments after um, that comes from this table. There are 50 items, so like there's... Like one, if you roll a one or a two, it's the same thing. Two, like a three and a four, it's the same thing and stuff like that. Okay. So every time you do magic, basically, one of these effects will take place. And whatever the effect is, is dependent upon the roll and whatever it says. This is the table that when I wrote it, my mom said, I thought you liked these people. Ah, <laughs> we finally get to that point. Okay. So you've rolled a six. <laughs> so you sit there and you can feel this really strong magic and like it works you know like you could feel it crawling and you could like control where these tendrils go and at that same moment just as you know you have full control over it bam a valkaria turns into a potted plant and you will be a potted plant for the next 30 minutes Jazz wakes up like there's a sound and she hears it. Uh, 
Let's all roll perception for Jazara because it's a very silent little pop. <laughs> nope. No, that's a two for Jazz. She doesn't hear <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it lasts for 30 minutes and at about the 20... Okay. Ni- you okay. can't do anything. You are a plant. No, no, no. That's fine. I don't have to do anything. Um, How long are these shifts? Yeah, They're a couple ask. hours, like each. Okay, never mind. How, so, how far into Asha's shift do I do this? Because Oh, let's get to that. Oh, boy. Asha, your shift is over. You're very <coughs> shaken. You wake up the kid for his watch. <laughs> you walk into the room. Jazara's laying there just as you left her and all that. And where... There's a potted plant. Where Valkaria should be <laughs> is a potted plant. It's like this little, like terracotta little pot and it's got like this these little like purple and cactus from twilight sure it is a purple and black version of the cactus from twilight and you're staring at it and you're really just looking at and right it's you're staring at it it pops back into valkaria and valkaria you're like because it had happened about uh 30 minutes before the end of uh her shift and i and i We'll stagger back into the wall. <laughs> Terrified. Because my friend has just traded places with this plant. What the fuck? What did you do? <laughs> um, uh, I was playing with magic. <laughs> and it's and then, right. Uh, I have a question. I do have sure. a question. Sure. <laughs> It did what she did uh-huh. have anything to do with what happened to me up top? No. On deck? No? No. Okay. It is a... Uh, nobody's explained this to you guys yet, and you'll have to ask, but it is a effect of the geographical area that you guys are in. So okay. you have no idea why it did that, how, what causes it, what happened. Just for a moment, Valkaria, for an amount of time Valkaria is not even sure of, uh, you are a plant. So, uh, did I, was I aware of my surroundings? Nope. You were a plant. You assume, like, you know something happened to you. So I have no memory of this happening. It's just, okay. You, you were aware, you cast this spell. You felt an external magical source come over you. And something happened. You know something happened. It happened. But I don't know what. And then it stopped, and now you're just sitting here, and you have no concept of how long it's been, what it was that happened, what was going on. You just, you are aware that something happened. And right as you start to raise these questions, curiosities, fears. Well, first, I, I, think, I think this is necessary. Asha is looking dead at you. Eyes as big as saucers. <laughs> just freaked the fuck out because you, and again you don't know what happened to her up there so her, her freak <laughs> is uh-huh. here yep and she just goes you were a plant uh, what and it's at that point you hear the klaxon of bells ringing up on the top of the ship and and you hear these warning bells start going off and you hear somebody shout it's down the stairs at the rest of the crew uh incoming incoming Everybody on deck! And Jazara immediately sits up. And she's like, she's like, what happened? And then she's like, she's what already grabbing do? her stuff. That was a plant. Jazara pauses as she heads to the door, like, what did you get? It looks at Ashley, what did you give her? 
and like grabs Valkaria who's sitting on the floor. Like Jazz will reach over, grab Valkaria who's sitting on the floor, pull her to her feet, and shove both of you down the hallway up uh, towards the top of the deck. And lots of stumbling ensues. Oh yeah, you guys. You were a succulent. You were like a little cactus. I know, but Val is asking Astro Walt. There's something up. Little, because I don't think they have cacti. No. Do they? A little brown spiky thing. And then you were you! Cool. And Jazar, cool! And Jazar's like, we're, we're gonna get back to that. Just go, go, go. And uh, you guys all stumble out onto the deck together. Jazara does make sure she goes first. So, like, you guys get to the, to the door. Clearly it is neither of us are. Yeah. Like, you guys, not like, ready for this. get to the door. It is, the door is thrown open, but she, like, pulls you guys back and she steps out front. And as you guys step out onto this, this deck of this boat, you can see surrounding this boat flying in the air is four winged female creatures. They have like creepy long bird-like feet with talons on the end of it. They have long like feathered wings. They have faces that look really human except for where the mouth and nose are that come to this very sharp point. At the end of their wings, there are these like clawed hands that are very spindly and have long talons on the end of them. And they're screeching this ungodly loud noise. And you can see there's, uh, the crew is like drawn weapons and they're ready to fight. And uh, the captain and the first mate are up towards the front of the boat. Those would be the two people that are here. The uh, darker one is the captain. The lighter one is the first mate. And they're both dealing with their own harpies. And then the rest of the crew is kind of scattered around. There's two up on the uh, upper level. Um, and between the where, where the stairs are for the upper level, is there's a harpy on each side. So for one for each set of stairs. Um, you see some of them, like, the crew are armed with, like, crossbows, and some of them have swords. One of them just has a large piece of wood that he's wielding. Um, and uh, the uh, first mate has a bow and a, a sword sword, and the uh, captain has his own, like, giant axe that he's got with him. And uh, there's most, the three of the harpies look pretty similar, but there's one that has this very bright red plumage to her, and uh, she is the one over here fighting with the captain and she looks much scarier than the other ones do. Where? Uh, the one that is right that here. One. Okay. Yeah. So this here is the captain. Uh, you guys come out onto the uh, the deck of the ship and I'm going to have everybody roll me initiative. I have a very bad idea of what I want to try. Oh, <laughs> Can't say you're not surprised. No. Uh, what was Ashes? 11. 11. And Valkaria? 9. 9. Gotcha. Alright. So these giant... Wait, they're a little bigger than what a normal like size person would be. They're a little taller than all of you. They've got huge wingspans and stuff like that. They're screeching at the top of their lungs and you can see them start to like swoop down and uh, like take a like a claw attack at one like at some of the crew and like they're trying to like fight them off and everything like that. Um, all right, at the top of the initiative order with the twenty is the queen harpy herself. So the Great. yeah the queen harpy she screeches really loudly and um, but first of all before I do that do you guys have a preference of where you want to be I will let you move like I have 
Uh, Valkaria, you're kind of like up in the like near the mast uh, with the mast between you and like the queen harpy, um, and then <coughs> Asha, I have you to like the left of the um, like the opening to go down into the uh, the middle of the deck, and then Jazara, I've got standing like in that doorway. So I'm fine. How did we like, get past you? Because <laughs> no, she shoved I mean, herself first, fair. remember? Yeah, I, uh, she's, I thought Jazara she shoved past us to oh. get out first. Yeah, so Jazara was... stepped out first, but uh, if you guys wanted to, like, have walked past her, then that's mm-hmm. fine, because I'm going to move Jazara here in a minute, so. Um, is there anywhere else you would like to be? Like, um, do you want to guess... be closer to the door, or? No, um. I'm fine. I'm fine where I am, because there's, there's a harpy hanging off to the, the left side of the boat, right? Yeah. Well, there's, so. uh. Two technically behind you at each, flying just above each set of stairs, and they're all flying. Um, and then mm. there's two towards the front of the boat, both flying. You're about, you're a little closer to the one by the stairs that's like behind and to the left of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're none of them are super far, except for the one with the very diagonal front. Like yeah. this one over here is the furthest one from you. So. Yeah. Um, um, no, I think I think I'm good where I am. Okay. Jazara is going to kind of like the. Um, Great is on top of the hole that goes into the hold, so she's going to mm-hmm. jump up on top of that because it's slightly elevated um, by about six inches up, so she's going to jump on top of that. And uh, so you've got these giant freaky-ass creatures, and uh, the Harpy Queen, she's got this very beautiful red plumage, and she screeches at you, and she is going to take two... It's, she's going to take a uh, two claw attacks at the captain. And she, yeah, she hits the captain the, f- the first time, but not the second time. And she's going to do seven points of damage to the captain. And you can see she takes her claw and she swipes at that captain hard and he stumbles back. And uh, he does not look great after that. Great. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's his turn and he's going to turn and he's going to take a... Uh, a swing at her. It's hard for him because she's in the air, so he kind of like has to get a little bit of like a, a jump to him as he does it, and uh, he's gonna take, he's gonna roll at her. And he hits her, which is good. So for everybody involved, that's really good. Um, and he does one d8. My captain will not go out easy. He doesn't do a lot of damage, though. I gotta say, he does oh, uh, four whole points of damage. An attempt was made, but he is only three and a half feet. I mean... That's fair. Um, Then we go on to Jazara. And Jazara is just like, fucking hell, what the hell are these things? Make them uh, shut up! And uh, there's just so much screeching. And Jazara, not knowing about the weird magic-y stuff that's going on, is going to cast (laughs) Hunter's Mark. Uh, She's going to aim for the uh, Queen Harpy. And she's going to cast Hunter's Mark, which it does work. However, I now have to roll a d100. Okie dokie. Got an effect here. Okay, uh, I rolled a 75. And out of absolutely nowhere, a snowball forms and slams Shazara directly in the face. <laughs> Snow just kind of like goes down <laughs> her face. She's formed out of pure thin air and just smacked Uh her right in the face and that is the effect that she had and she's just like absolutely stunned and totally confused and she's just like okay 
Val um, is going to turn her head to see what the hell just happened to Jazz and then look at Asha and go, Cactus! Plant! <laughs> <laughs> Truly, in, in a, a, a series of things that don't make any fucking sense, um, Jazara is going to uh, take some shots. It's the first <coughs> round of combat, so she gets two shots and she's going to take them at this Harpy Queen. Um... Who's, uh, Asha yes, is still convinced that this is all Val's fault. <laughs> valid. Uh, that's a valid <laughs> assumption, to be she fair. Has, she, she does have a very different experience of what happened in the last, like, 45 minutes. So, you know. Yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> so all of this, in her mind, is related to whatever ha- the <laughs> fuck happened to you. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't know for sure, but she has a sense. That's fair. That is very fair. Uh, and because she has to focus on horrible flying things, she's not really giving it a lot of like critical thought. thought. Yeah. yeah, that's that's valid. To be fair, like it, like this series of strange events have just happened to you guys, and you're just like, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Jazar hits both times for a grand total because she took the new sharpshooter feat. Um, so if she takes a minus five to hit. She will get a, a plus 10 for damage, which means since she hit both times, she got a whopping 31 points of damage in. And nice. uh, there <laughs> the wonders of trying to make a ranger a tank is happening here. So she does <laughs> significant damage to this harpy. Like she aims and she hits it like in the joints of where its wings are both times. It screeches and it like turns to look at her and it just lets out this horrid noise, this horrible sounding screeching noise. Um, and Asha, you are up. Um, okay. Obviously, like, you know, there hasn't been enough to figure out the the pattern. So Asha is most definitely going to try some magic because she doesn't want to get any close to these damn things. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to go with, um, (laughs) Sacred Flame. Sacred Flame? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to start there. Okay. And then, uh, can you roll me the demon? Oh, I guess so. I'm sorry. So you're gonna um, this. Which one are you going to try and hit? You've got the oh, one just behind yeah, uh-huh. you. Um, the one I'm. I think the one I'm closest to. Okay. She seems that, like a problem. That one will have to make a dexterity saving throw of 13. It does, and unfortunately, because it's a cantrip, it doesn't actually do any damage for it. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to do? Any. Uh, um. Let's see. Uh, then I'm going to, you know what? She she's still a little shaken, so she's gonna try it again. <laughs> can she try it again, or not on this turn? No, you only have one action. You can do a oh, bonus right. action if you want. You have um, you have three spells. You have Shield of Faith, Sanctuary, and Healing Word as your bonus actions. Mm-hmm. So that's up to you. What does Shield of Faith do again? I forgot. Shield of Faith gives um, anybody within your range of sixty feet a plus two to their AC. Yeah, let's do that. It fe- that let's do that because it feels like everybody could uh, use a little help right now. Okay, you get pick one since... person to affect. Uh, jazz, jazz, jazz. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So jazz is current or armor full class. tankiness. Yeah. So jazz's current armor class is going to be a sixteen, which is awesome. I do have a question. Um, sure. So if it so it 
this magic system with the D100 doesn't affect cantrips, or it just would be just spells, or... Um, it, for the most part, will be just leveled spells, unless you okay. guys are doing something particularly stupid, then I'll make it affect anything, so... Okay. Uh, so you will. You did do a leveled spell, so you will have to give me a number. Um, okay. So yes, go do. I'll do that now too. Sure. And then the next harpy will be up. So. Thirty-five. 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 Yeah, that does not respond. You cast oh, Water Walk on yourself, which allows you to walk on both water and snow. So you feel a magical effect take over you. <laughs> You and get the feeling like you can walk <laughs> on water, maybe not really want to use it, but, like, that has happened to you now, so. It's kind of like the opposite of when you get rabies. <laughs> yeah, Because sure. hydrophobia, you know, and then now, now rabies. Sure. I have the strange desire to walk on water. Which, to be fair, <laughs> and I'm like, if you're and taken like, and dropped in the ocean at any point, you know, it might not be a bad thing. How, walk on it. how long will that last? Uh, I believe water walk lasts for an hour. So you've okay. got that for an We're hour. Set. Okay, cool. So I will keep this in mind for when yeah. I inevitably get dropped off into the drink. Uh, and on that <laughs> note, it's uh, one of the harpies' turn. It's the one uh, directly across from the um, uh, f- uh, from the queen. the queen harpy. Yeah, and she's over there engaging in combat with the uh, first mate. And this harpy is going to try and grab the first mate in a contested strength roll. Yep, she uh, swoops down this harpy, and with her talon, she p- grabs the first mate underneath the arms and starts lifting her into the air. They're only about five feet up off the deck at this point, but they are in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the first mate's turn, and she's going to take out her short sword, and she's going to try and stab this harpy that has her. She does miss. Like, she tries to, like, swing it up, and, like, the uh, harpy, like, jerks itself around so that it doesn't really, nothing really happens, and... Uh, you hear uh, the first mate yell something very unsavory in Elven. So. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I can't think of a more appropriate time. And this harpy just screeches down at her, and it's it's just deafening. Your ears ring after every time they scream. And uh, Val, that's you. <laughs> so Val, as all this is happening, mm-hmm. is still like seasick. Forget that she's seasick. She's too hyped up on what the hell she just did with this crystal mm-hmm. to even notice that she's seasick. Okay. An improvement. So Val is just watching the chaos unfold and she goes, okay. And she's now talking to the crystal. She's like, all right, come on. Let's try it again. Don't turn okay. me into a plant. <laughs> and you're going to try- Go to Shadows! Hallow's Nightmare one more time. Okay. Yes. Go uh, shadows. So that's a bonus action, and uh, where do you want it to appear? I want it to appear at the uh, um, the harpy that's holding the first mate. Okay, so you cast this Hallow's Nightmare at it, and you see this vortex of shadow like start to coalesce around, and uh, this gigantic like ball of tendrils and mass and smoke like slowly creeps up and around the harpy and like attaches to her wings and kind of like holds her in place um uh roll me 1d8 plus one for uh damage because you don't have to roll to hit this just hits four four okay and you see this like 
this these uh, smoky tendrils kind of like jam into the uh, to the harpy, and you see the harpy like kind of screeches, but it doesn't seem to do like a whole lot of damage to it. But it does like kind of it is it is there, just kind of like holding on to her a little bit. It doesn't it slows her down. It doesn't prevent her from like if she wanted to leave, she could, but it will slow her down in the process. So, uh, but she doesn't drop the uh, first mate. Yeah. Uh, what else would you like to do? Uh. Well, you have, you can do a regular spell because that was a bonus action and it was an ability. So you can still do a, an action that is a regular spell um, or like a cantrip or a leveled spell if you'd like. I mean, she could just run and hit him. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that too. It's up to okay, you. Okay, so, I, well, I have the running, running, quote unquote. Val is going to try to run, most likely shuffle her way towards the one that she just has the ten, the, the shadows with. Okay. Shadows on. And throw ice knife. Okay. I'm going to get a little closer. Um, Alright. Go ahead and cast uh, ice knife. Are you doing it at a first level or a second level? Ooh. Good question. And note that when ice knife explodes, you will hit the first mate. Uh, screw it. We'll, we'll, we'll risk it. Alright, so you're gonna cast it? Yeah, I'm gonna cast so, Ice Knife at that harpy. Roll me a d20 plus 5. 20. Natural 20? No, 15 plus 5. Okay. Uh, so you hit the harpy with your uh, Ice Knife and you can roll me a d10 for damage. 7. 7? Okay, so 7 points of damage. The first mate and both the harpy and the first mate fail. So you're going to roll me 2d6 worth of damage. Four. Four in total? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you... Uh, and the first mate. So the first mate takes damage, and some of the ice that explodes out of this ice knife. You throw <coughs> the ice knife, it sticks into the harpy, it explodes outward. Some of the littler shards hit the first mate in the shoulder, and uh, the harpy itself kind of, uh, it takes damage, and you can see, like, it's starting to bleed and everything like that, and it just lets out this horrid screech, and uh, the next time the captain, or the first mate tries to get out, she'll have advantage, because the harpy's been injured. Um, yeah, but it does still have a hold of her, and they're about five feet in the air. Uh, you can see you've done definite damage to the harpy, but it is definitely still standing. Now, did I have to roll a D100 too? <coughs> yep. Yeah, I got 94. 94. That's a high one. You are suddenly overcome with the deep desire to hug someone, and you're not going to go until they hug you back. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> and to be fair, the first mate is in the air, so you can't technically reach her like all that easily, so... Uh, Val, you immediately just turn, look at the captain, and just wrap your arms around him like from behind him, this big old bear hug, and, uh, you don't let go unless he hugs you back. And he starts screaming at you, what in tarnation are you doing, girl? Get your ass back in this fight, we're all gonna die, and you're over here hugging people like a scared toddler. <laughs> And did I understand correctly now that she's hugged somebody that, that, that nonsense will wear off? Or No, just... somebody has to hug her. Like, the person she's hugging has to hug her back. Oh. So I'm just, I, I'm attached yep. to this captain until he hugs me back. Yep. Yep. Oh yep. So, on that um, note, it is the turn of the two harpies on the stairs. 
And uh, one of them is going do to go. Do I up. know? Sorry, do I know that I have that this person has to hug me back and this <laughs> to wear off or no? You kind of get the the feeling that like one half of whatever that has happened to you has ha- taken effect, and that something else needs to happen for this to stop. There's probably like a compulsion that's like, just hug me. Yeah. So I'm gonna no. say that while the captain's screaming. Okay. As I'm, as I'm you know, just hug me. Just hug just me. Yeah, and uh, if he, hu- we'll find out on his turn whether or not he hugs you. But until then, you are attached to this man. <laughs> um, Sorry, Captain. These harpies roll pretty well. Um, one of them's gonna go after you, Ash, and the other one's gonna go after uh, that kid because the one right next to Jazara is the kid. Um, oh. And uh, they're gonna take two swipe attacks at both of you. Well, they hit the first time. So, uh, in fact, let me two each or. One and one. Uh, you are gonna get two attacks each. The kid's gonna get one because the harpy missed the second time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is that's six points of damage to you, Asha. And that'll be uh, one whole point to the kid. Okay. Alrighty. And. Uh, uh, they screech at you, and uh, this one harpy now is pretty much just <coughs> all, all up in your space now. Mm-hmm. Like, this one has moved just to kind of, like, engage with you at this point. And uh, uh, the other one's kind of turned to face the kid. There we go. And uh, it's the crew. Technically, the crew goes on two different initiatives, but they rolled very poorly. Um, it's the other two sets, of, or the, all, the other four crew members, and I will have them roll to see if they hit any of the harpies, because they're going to focus on the two, the one by you, Asha, and then the one uh, that the kid is facing, and all four of them are going to try and uh, attack. One of them absolutely misses, one of them rolls a natural 20, and the other two do hit, so that's good. That means I need... The one going after the kid is the one who got the natural 20 and another one that hit. And then the other one, yeah. So the one going after the kid takes a shit ton of damage. And you see one of the uh, the crew uh, takes out this crossbow and it fires it at the harpy and then immediately launches a second one. And uh, he, when the crossbow bolt hits, the cr- second crossbow bolt hits that crossbow bolt and shoves both of the crossbow bolts through this harpy. And then... Oh, uh, Damn, of, that's, that's talent. Yeah, and then this female um, dwarf, the one that had given you guys uh, things to do, she runs up and she takes a sword and like she slashes at the harpy from behind. And the harpy screeches. Um, and it's, it's still flying, but it's now, like, it's having a hard time staying up with the way that its wing has just gotten kind of a little, a little wonky. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's screeching, and it has now turned its focus uh, directly on these crew that's surrounding it. And uh, the crew member with the giant plank of wood comes up behind the one that you're fighting, Asha, and just, like, hits it and uh, bats the harpy a little forward. And uh, it doesn't seem to pay it much mind. It takes some damage. Um, but it doesn't seem to pay it a whole lot of mind. And, uh, but he tried, so. He does some damage, he tried. Uh, we're back around to the Queen Harpy's turn, and she is going to, she looks at you, the pair of this dwarf and tiefling combination. And, uh, she's gonna focus on Val, and she is going to try 
And uh, she's gonna try and kick because your this ass, one is though. stupid and, <laughs> and really should not be allowed to live. And uh, she's gonna hit you both times, Deary. And you're gonna take eleven points of damage. That's oh ow. And she screeches at you, and she's right up in your guys' face at this point, and you still hold on to this captain. Captain, please hug me. Please hug me. I want to run away. And I'm going to roll an intelligence check to see if he understands this is a magical effect or you just being weird. So, <laughs> Captain, I don't want to be here. Please just hug me. Oh, he gets a five. He has no fucking clue what you're doing. God damn it, Captain! And he's trying to, like, shove you off of him, and you are just <laughs> monkey gripped on this man. He's just like the Hold fuck? on, spider monkey. <laughs> and as horrifying as that thought is, you are still, like, he just he's just trying to fight with you. Not and, like, holding stop fighting, to... please. Just hug me, and I will leave. He's, he just looks at you like, you need to get it together or we're all going to die, girl. Hug me, damn it! She's like, you are a child, grow up! And he's going to take I a swing at- I will show you what a child can do if you will just fucking hug me, you pest! And uh, he has to swing at disadvantage because you are holding on to him the way you are. And he rolls a, a four, so his swing at the Harpy Queen does miss. And... <laughs> yeah, Dude. I can't help it! Uh, it's Jazara's turn now. <laughs> Captain can't do anything else. You're just, just holding on to <laughs> It's just the way it is. And uh, so Jazara <coughs> is ignoring all of the shit that's happening with you. And uh, she's going to take another shot at the uh, Harpy Queen. Uh, unfortunately, she does miss. So she uh, she goes to take a shot and like the Harpy Queen jerks back at, uh, and uh, hisses, but is has her focus directly on the two of you. And uh, she, let's see, Jazara has any bonus action spells. Yeah, she just has to keep going. So, unfortunately, Jazara, uh, her shot at the Harpy Queen did miss. And uh, Asha, you are up, my dear. All right. So, <coughs> let's see what Asha is very suspicious of. The magic because she's still trying to figure out why the fuck she feels like walking on water. <laughs> um, so she's, she's she's not sure um, about any of that right now. Mm-hmm. So she's she's made the decision to um, definitely move to a more uh, traditional weapon. Okay. So uh, and she wants this thing to get the fuck away from her. Okay. So she's gonna take out her whip and start. Macking it. <laughs> okay. Watcha. <laughs> I am aiming most definitely for that hideous fucking face and the noise hole. Alright. Uh roll me a D20 plus three. D20 plus what? Three. Three. Noise hole. You do hit, I'm assuming you're hitting the harpy directly in front of you. Yes. <laughs> no, we don't, uh, don't want that bitch. <laughs> one D4 plus one for your damage. Oh, come on. Come on, you little pyramid thinking. Ow. Oh. Uh, three plus one is four. All right. So you take your whip and you slash at it and it kind of like cuts across the harpy's face and it screeches at you. And uh, this harpy... Effectively not doing what I wanted it to do. But if it backs up, that's good. That's good start. Yeah. 
Um, it, well, it kind of like it screeches at you, and whether or not it moves, it'll that'll happen on its turn. Uh, anything else you'd like to do, my dear? Um, I just uh, no, I, th- I think that's kind of good for now. Okay. Maybe step. Maybe take a maybe like a half step if, back to get away from it. Like just if like, you take you know. a step back because you are in immediate range of it, it will get an opportunity attack against you. Oh, then never mind. We won't do that. Okay. Um. It is the harpy holding the first mate's turn now. Um, that one is going to fly up like another 10 feet and drop the first mate into the ocean. So the first mate is now currently uh, in the, the ocean and you don't see her and you don't know what's happening. Um, and then it, it's going to take the rest of its movements and it's going to kind of swoop in on the other side of Valkaria and the captain. Great. I like how they rotate. <laughs> and um, it drops it. Yeah, it still has its attack because it, all it did was drop and move. So um, it is going to take attacks against one against Valkaria and one against the captain. Um, and it'll take uh, two claw attacks, one at each of you. So. Uh, yeah, ooh, that's, those are really good. Uh, the one against the captain is going to be... He takes five points of damage, and he looks pretty fucked. Like, he looks real, real fucked. And then Val, it did get a natural 20 when it went after you. So it does double the damage of usual. So I'm I'm already out, because I was already at nine points. Well, you don't know how much damage they do, so hang on. It does eight points of damage to you. I have one hit point left. You have one hit point left, my dear. And uh, next up is the first mate. You don't know what's happening with her. Yep. So you don't know what's going on with the first mate. Uh, It is now your turn, Valkaria. Okay, well, I'm in severe pain. You are. Um... How, two questions, how heavy is my staff and how much weight can my tail support? Um, your tail could hold the staff, but not do anything very coordinated with it. Like, it could, like, hold it up, but it it doesn't have the, your staff's solid wood. It's pretty heavy, um, all things considered. (laughs) You you could drag it along with your tail and maybe lift it a little, but uh, you couldn't do anything coordinated with it. Um, um, okay, hang on, hang on. Um, so I'm, go- so Val is going to do Hellish Rebuke to the, uh, Ooh, okay, okay. Harpy that scratched her. Okay, go for you. So that you can do as soon as, like, the Harpy attacks you because that's a, uh, reaction that you have. Yeah. Um, so this is not a spell that's happening on your turn. So right. when you have your turn, that is, uh, you can still do whatever you want. Um, so you are going to do, the creature must make a dexterity saving throw against your spell save DC. So I will roll that for them. Uh, get a bonus. Okay, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to roll 2d10 fire damage. Is zero ten or is it zero? That should be the the ten. So eleven. Eleven points of damage. Okay. Uh, you turn and is this uh, harpy like really just launches and latches its claws into you? Fire just 
and you feel your body growing really hot and just fire bursts out of you in like this burst of hellfire and flame and just singes this harpy and it jerks back and you can see that it's uh, like its feathers are really starting just to catch fire and it burns and it screeches and it flings itself backwards and as it does it falls off the edge of the ship and it's gone. Is so, it dead? One harpy, yeah, it's dead. Yeah! Alright, so I'm also going to do, um, what was the other one I wanted to do? Cast Burning Hands on the one that okay. it, I, that, that is against me and the captain. Okay, so you, I'm assuming, reach past the captain as you do this. Like, you kind of, like, put your... Yeah. You're still holding on to him, but you reach your hand yep. out and put and cast Burning Hands directly in front of it. It has to make a dexterity saving throw. It fails, so you can go ahead and do 3d6 worth of damage, and you can throw 3d6, all right. 14. 14, all right. Uh, the Harpy Queen is still standing, but she looks pretty fucked. Like, she looks pretty fucked and really pissed. Um, that took a lot out of Val, so she's just gonna, like, limply hang onto the captain yeah. as yeah, she like you, still needs you're a hug like, back for me to go away. You were kind of, like, leaning over to, like, hug him, but you kind of, like, go on one knee now and are more even with where he is at that point. Yeah. Um... And now it is the two harpies that are around uh, Jazz and Val. Uh, oh, another question. Or, How often can I cast um, Hallow's Eve? Uh, once per long rest. So you can't do it again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so the one is going to go after Asha, and the other one is going to go after Jazara this time. Uh, the one that goes after Asha misses. The one that goes after Jazara hits. And hits her for three whole points of damage. It didn't do very much. I rolled really well. Okay. And uh, that's the first attacks. Their second attacks are going to try again. Uh, this time it doesn't reverse. It hits uh, Asha and not Jazz. So Asha, that is uh, three points of damage to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, then it's the crew, and I will have all of the crew attack. Ooh, one natural one, a seven, a four, a nineteen. Only the kid manages to hit, and he takes that. He like he takes his sword and he like runs up the stairs and he jumps and he takes a wide slash at this harpy, and uh, go Calhoun. Yeah. He manages to do four whole points of damage to it, so go him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he's the only one, like, one of the crew tried to launch a crossbow, and the other one tried to get close with the sword, but, like, the, uh, uh, the wings of the harpy were beating outwards and kind of, like, knocked one of them back, and the one who has the board took another swing at it, and just the harpy, uh, moved up a little bit to so that it swung right past it. Almost, like, swiped you in the face with the board, by the way, Asha, uh, but just barely misses both of you, both the harpy and you in the process. Limbo champion. Now, <laughs> now it is the harpy queen's turn. She is pissed. She is really fucking pissed. And she's going to go after you, Val. Of course she is. She's going to take two attacks. That is a four. And an 18. (laughs) She does hit you. I'm out. Yep, she does. Val is unconscious. Five points of damage. 
uh, to you and Val is officially down. Now, what's going to happen is on your turn, you're going to roll your first death saving throw. You have okay. to get three positives. doesn't have to be in a row. You just have to get three positives, which is a 10 and above on a d20, um, for you to stabilize. Uh, if you get three negatives first, before you get three positives, um, you permanently die. Uh, anybody can heal you if they have a healing spell, or uh, a person can make a medicine check to try and stabilize you in the process. But Can someone do that before her turn? If they have, if their turn is before hers. Okay. So you will have to get to uh, Valkaria first to uh, do the spell or to do a medicine check for her. If you cast the healing spell on her, you, will, you would get her hit points and that would bring her back up and into the fight again. Um, but if you just stabilize her, then she is just unconscious laying on the deck. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is the Harpy Queen's turn. The captain is going to take a swing at uh, disadvantage with this. Uh, you go unconscious, so that hugging thing is, it, it ends. Gone. So you fall, so he takes uh, a regular attack, and he hits the Harpy Queen. He does. Good going, captain. So he takes his little D8 for four whole points of damage to the Harpy Queen. Um... And she's barely hanging on. She's not hanging on by much, but she is. Um, so he does uh, four whole points of damage to her. Now they, um, but they are still standing. And uh, uh, the harpy queen kind of like tries to back away from him a bit, and as uh, she screeches, but he and her are pretty even. They both look pretty bad. He looks a little better than she does, but uh, he's kind of squared up with her at this point. Um, you don't know what's happening with the first mate. It is Jazara's turn next. So Jazara is about about 15 to 20-ish feet uh, from Valkaria. And uh, she sees Val just kind of collapse on the deck. There's starting to be blood and stuff that's pooling around Valkaria. Because you don't look good, girl. And uh, so Jazara, in lieu, instead of attacking, she's going to go and she's going to head for Valkaria. And... Uh, She's gonna she's gonna run the distance to you and like trying to avoid the harpies as she like they swing at her and stuff like that. And she's gonna like as she runs and she just kinda like drops to her knees and skids like that last like five feet to you, and she slams both of her hands down on you and it, they glow with like this purple energy. And uh, she's gonna cast cure wounds on you. And Way she to go, Jazz. heals you for eleven whole points of damage. Damn, I'm rolled real well. I got a, as high as you can get on it, actually. <coughs> She's sl- been, you come way. back up for 11 points of damage. With how much? 11. 11. Okay. <laughs> there's Ow. a big dramatic, there's a big dramatic. Yeah. Ow. And, uh, Jazara looks at you, like, are you alright? I think so. Ow. And, uh, Never you are... You are still prone, you're still laying on the ground, and you can't get up until it's your turn, and you'll have to use half of your movement to do that, just saying. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna lie here. And she pats you, and she's like, don't lie on the ground for long, because they have advantage uh, to attack you if you're lying on the ground. God damn it. Uh, but Jazz stands back up, and, like, she can't really go anywhere, but she's gonna, like, kind of stand between you and the Harpy Queen. And uh, just to, like, make it a little harder for the Harpy Queen to uh, get at you. And Val is going to try and slowly get to her her hands and it's knees. It's not your turn yet, dear. But uh, you can't get up until you uh, it's your turn. So at the moment you're just kind of laying on the deck. 
<laughs> just like, oh. Uh, Asha, your turn. How close is um the harpy to me right now? About five feet away from you. <laughs> because um, Asha is <laughs> feeling her vampire rage right now. Okay. Also, when was the last time that Asha fed? Well, I wasn't intending to feed, <laughs> but I was intending to bite. Okay. <laughs> can I, can I like rush her and sure, bite? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so sure, I might as well feed. But I, I didn't necessarily imbibe, I'm just biting. <laughs> uh, D20 plus 5. D20 plus 5. Oh, we've got 22. 22, you really fucking hit this. Like, you're pissed at this point. <laughs> and you can feel kind of like you're, like, vampiric. The, the anger and, like, this deep power that kind of resonates just below the surface at most times. <laughs> Kind of like you watch as this harpy like digs its claws into Val and she collapses and just unconscious. You see this blood start to pool from her. Mm-hmm. And as Jazz like runs towards her and like tries to like bring her back up with this healing magic and you turn to face this harpy again, uh, seeing, you know, your friends are bleeding, the crew is bleeding. One of them is the crew is just gone off the side of the ship. You don't know what's happened mm-hmm. to her. Uh, and you just let out this demonic, like deep dark magical vampiric powers that you have and you grab a hold of this harpy you bring it closer to you and you just chomp into her and do 1d4 plus 3 damage (coughs) 6 you dig your teeth into the side of this harpy's neck and you just like tear out part of its like shoulder joint and it screeches and it slams into the deck it is standing Barely, but it is no longer flying. And there's just, and, and this is just pettiness, but I bop her in the face. There you go. And, and, and I, I like just out of rage. Just yeah. Boom, shut up. There you go. Val is watching this as she's prone on the deck, just her head is to the side, watching this. Uh-huh. Like, go wash up. <laughs> <laughs> All the blood's going out of me. That's my girl. <laughs> there you go. Uh image of this like her very her very put together friend (coughs) has just completely lost her shit and ripped out somebody's throat it's you know Mm -hmm. it's a bonding moment yeah (laughs) so uh asha is standing there valkaria you're laying on the deck there's blood like everywhere and like the the wound has like closed but you still feel like shit shit uh there's three harpies still on this deck screaming the queen is over there like squaring off against the captain it does occur to you the first mate's gone if the captain's gone too what the fuck happens next not really sure what happens because the first mate's gone too and you hope somebody else on this boat really knows how to say oh well uh because we don't zara is standing over valkaria and she's just you know shoved this healing magic into her and it feels kind of weird and like sharp the way jazara's magic feels to you val um, and Asha, having seen Valkaria go down and just bleeding, thinking that maybe she's dead and you're, you weren't sure, uh, you turn to this harpy that's right in front of you and you sink your teeth like into the shoulder joint of it and you rip out part of its flesh. Just this blood of the harpy smearing down your face Hot. and the vampire fangs are like, are, are just like kind of pointing out and you just kind of like give it this horribly disturbing, like, you know, terrifying look to, uh, at the harpy. And it kind of like crashes onto the deck and it can no longer fly because of the, you've really just fucked up the joint like right there in its in its neck. 
Um, the crew mostly still standing. You don't know what happened to the first mate. They look kind of fucked. Uh, but uh, they are rallying together behind all of you. And uh, that is where we will end this session. And we will pick up with this fight <laughs> next session. Wow, that, that was a lot to... <laughs> That's a cliffhanger, man. Yeah, a little bit. So It's kind of like our first real, like, because cliffhanger, we haven't usually uh, yeah. ended... Yeah, we don't usually end it on a cliffhanger like that. Yeah, yeah. so it'll make it a little more interesting. Just make sure you don't change your character sheets with your hit points and everything uh, and your spell slots and all that before our next session. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah. So you guys are, we are for the very first time ending on a cliffhanger to see how that goes. Um, and uh, our party is in peril. Our party is in peril. And you guys have experienced some of the weirdness of the magic of Isle Cross by <laughs> getting turned into a potted plant, getting hit in the face with a snowball, um, learning to walk on water. Being feel compelled. It's like. And just to hmm. hug. Just the compelled to hug. And in all honesty, so much love welling up. Because Valkaria did temporarily die or was was at death's door. Uh, I don't want to repeat that, which I'm sure she will many times. Oh, yeah. Because she's squishy. Yep. She is squishy. And, uh, my dear, uh, the next time you get in a fight, you might want to start your spells off with uh, mage armor to increase your... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I love that she's got, like, a... She's got, um... Van Gogh notebooks <laughs> for this this horror. I, I just want to point that. <laughs> I love it. They were a collection. I I fully believe that. Yes. So yeah, you guys are uh, in an interesting situation, a not fun situation. But uh, on that note, we will end it here. Alrighty. Okay. And uh, you guys can tune in next time to see if our party survives. So, uh, really hope we do. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. otherwise, this campaign gonna get real weird. And the next session will be like how to roll new characters. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I will save my questions on how that works for next time, sure. um, because I know you've got to go. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, thank you all so so much for joining us for this session and. Uh, we will see you all next time. Peace and, and uh, hair grease, everybody. Peace and hair grease. Bye. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye. See you soon. Love you. Bye. Wishes. Right. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. On a boat. On a little boat. boat. On a little boat. On a little boat. Boat. On a little boat. Boat.